0: The Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network.
1: This is the Unruffle Podcast, Episode 192.
0: This is a podcast about recovery through creativity.
1: We live an intentional life... We Thrive. I am Sandra Primo and I'm Tammy Salas and we are the Unruffled. Hello Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show
0: by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the Unruffled Podcast.
1: And that's not it. You can share our show on social media, or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, on to the show. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? What's going on in your world? Uh, I'm okay. Just, um, you know, uh, I don't know going between I'm 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 fluctuating in between oh my god it's almost Christmas there's a frenzy and then it's like wait there's really not <laughs> so yeah right. I don't know I have a few Christmas gifts I need to buy and um but uh yeah I uh that's really I guess that's it it
0: feels it's like weird. a weird It's the taint.
1: for it right it's already so- feeling like the taint and even though it's
0: Mhm. The taint it is. Can you can you explain for our listeners uh, the taint?
1: Would you? Could you?
0: <laughs> Will you? <laughs>
1: um yeah, usually the taint my I got this I borrowed this from my friend Spike who is hilarious Spike Gillespie She's a writer and she should be a comedian. She's really funny, but um she's been on the podcast um this year actually. But she referred to that week in between Christmas and New Year as the taint. But right. It feels like the taint right now for whatever reason. Maybe
0: December <laughs> really is going to be
1: quite <laughs> right. It's like the whole month is the taint because it's not quite. I don't know. I think we're all just waiting for something to happen. That's what I feel like waiting for things to be better waiting for a new president, waiting for a vaccine. It's just feels like this weird liminal space. The whole year
0: has felt like a fucking taint, right? It's right. just kind of this weird liminal space that we're in for sure. For sure. Yeah. Same. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It feels that way. I'm not, um, we yeah. put up our Christmas tree last night. Like a, I had bought a little white Christmas tree, like a seven foot. It's not little, a little seven foot Christmas tree. And we got out the ornaments, Sandra, and oh, a little bit bittersweet to go through the Christmas ornaments and realize that we're going to be dividing them. You know, how do you divide the fifth, mm. the, the, the five-year-old kindergarten um, ashtray that Grady bedazzled, you know, with a little picture of him? It's like a little foil, like the aluminum foil old ashtrays, you know, that were disposable. And that's what their, their kindergarten project was mm-hmm. with like jewels and glitter. You can't have that you can't have that. Um, so I'm taking that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. that's on my tree. Um, that's yeah. my favorite. It's my favorite ornament. So I don't know. It, it got a little bittersweet. We didn't, we put the lights up a couple nights ago and then Grady was like, do you want to decorate? I said, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to decorate that tonight. G I need a couple more days. And he was like, all right, that's cool. And so then we did it last night with, um, and it was just sweet and simple. Um, but yeah, in terms of presence and things, I'm not into it, Sandra. And I'm a present giver. I love to be, give thoughtful presents, I like to think about it or what's useful for somebody. Like I really like that. And I have zero interest in doing any of that this year. Then, <laughs> mm, we'll mm. see what happens. Mm. <laughs> I say that now we're in, you know, today's the, what, the 10th, uh, this will go out on the 14th, but yeah. So just going to try to enjoy my Yeah. Treat. yeah. It. Keep it simple. Um, mm-hmm. you've been doing mm-hmm. a really great yeah, uh, newsletter series, Sandra, your newsletter series about money has been going out and I, have, I gobbled it up, yeah.
1: gobbled it up. Thank you. Thank you. I've gotten some really, um, a really kind, there's been kind response to it. And I say that only because I, I wasn't actually fishing for kind response. Um, I just felt the pull to write it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, I share some really vulnerable things. And so, so when I say that, what I'm saying is I appreciate that, um, my vulnerability was met with some tenderness and, uh, yeah. Um, but I, it, it's been, it's been work that I've been doing for years, you know, just slowly, gradually, daily, just like with recovery from alcohol. and I just got this sort of whoosh um feeling I can don't really have any other way to explain it mm-hmm. um that, just um, kind of spurred the idea to write this. And it's just because, wow, you know, I was kind of reflecting like we do at the end of the year and like, well, I've really come far <laughs> from where I was in 2014 financially. And, um, yeah, so it was kind of a celebration, uh, to write, you know, um, writing it felt that way, even though some of the parts that I wrote were hard to write, yeah. um, down. And share. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, it was very it was very cathartic to do it. And yeah. And so now I'm just kind of doing for fun. I'm sort of releasing these little cash saving tips. These just these things that I've done for a while. Um, and I'm releasing those on Instagram. And you know, they're they're not anything news. You know, worthy? Really? I'm sure they're mostly things that maybe a lot of us do, but or maybe you've done before and you've forgotten to do that. You why you still do them, or or you've forgotten that you used to do do them, and um, and they just uh, you know they don't feel like they're they're cash saving, but they align with my values, so they don't feel it it doesn't feel prohibitive. Um, so that's it. Yeah. Thank yeah, you.
0: I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Um, speaking of,
0: so, so we're going to have today, we're having on a money expert, um, uh, Linda Parmar, but for us, I mean, we've been doing a lot of things for a long time, right? Sandra? for free, um, in terms of just like, that's just how, you know, what I put on Instagram and my stories and a newsletter. And, um, you know, we have some patrons of this podcast that we're extremely grateful for, but for the most part, we do these things and, um, And write on our blogs and share essays and do things and don't charge any money for them. And you and I have developed our creative businesses um, now to include, um, you know, classes that we're teaching. And so this is a great chance to promote ourselves because I find it sometimes, uh, for me, at least it can be awkward to self-promote and um, I'm getting, I have to practice it so that it gets a little easier. And I have to say it has been getting easier. So um, I was Good. Yeah, I just, it's practice. It's just practice like anything else. Like I said, like recovery or managing your money. Like what I do has value and I have to charge for it. And I just sold a painting, Sandra. I was just so excited this week. I got an old painting from my 2018 geographic series. I got an email and I was so excited. that It's going to go live in a home as a celebration of someone's one year of sobriety. And it's the third painting from the geographic series that has gone to a sober woman celebrating her one year of sobriety. All three paintings have gone to a woman in sobriety that is celebrating their one year with one of my paintings, which really touches me. Um, But anyhow, really quickly, the invitation is a class I'm teaching. It's going to be a six-week class. It starts December 28th. I'm going to take you through some tried and true practices that I use for um, starting my day. And the class is $99. It's on my Instagram. You can find a link to it on Instagram at Tammy Solace. There's a little link tree. It's also on my website in the announcement bar. There's a link there to take you to uh, purchase it. And I would really, really love to work with, um, I would really love to work with women in there. And I think it's
1: going to be really fun. Yeah. Starts December 28th. What do you got? I love it. I love it. Um, I, you know, I'm still taking clients for Change Your Story. Um, I mentioned last week that if you're in the secret Facebook group or if you're part of my newsletter, you get a discount code. It's good until the end of the year. Still good. Still to the end of the year, 25% off to work with me through Change Your Story. You know, I just believe that you got to find something that you like more than drinking. And um, to me, that's the magic elixir, really. Uh-huh. It's been for me. To staying sober and maintaining long-term sobriety, and I'm good at coaxing that that out of people. I I must say that's my gift. So um, I'd love to work with you there. And just one more thing, really quick, I have not updated my marketplace with actual tangible items that I've made in a while, but I'm working on a um, a little pop-up shop. This weekend, like in real life in Austin, and and I have a feeling that I'll have things left over from that. And so, by the time this airs, hopefully, my marketplace will be repopulated. If you're tired of looking, if you're going there and looking for something new, there hasn't been anything new in a while. So, okay. that's it all at the and com. Yeah,
0: and I'm at just my name, yeah. tammysolace.com. Yes. All right, so let's introduce our guest. Um, Quick, quick disclaimer. Can I do a quick disclaimer before we introduce the guest? Um, Yes. I had some serious technical difficulties with sound. It's gonna sound like I'm talking over our guest. And what an asshole move! (laughs) You know, I did not mean to do that. It's all. It was a delay in our recording. Um, I profusely apologize to our guest, Linda Parmar. We're running with it. I re-listened to it this morning. Just know that I didn't mean to do that. And I wasn't trying to like talk over Linda or Sandra, but I did both. So please bear with us on here. There's a lot of really fantastic information. Um,
1: so with that. Uh, yeah, it's very good. And, and, and just as a side note, Linda nor I could figure out what was going on. <laughs> so yeah. so it's like that's <laughs> why we didn't like we didn't scold Tammy for for talking over us we just because to us it sounded normal that she was either pausing really long or talking over us but she was having a delay so anyway we're going with it we are going with it (laughs) done is better than perfect Um,
0: right done is better than perfect
1: Right, right. Um, But let me tell you about Linda Parmar. Linda is a certified money coach. She is a financial recovery counselor and professional recovery coach who spent 20 years as a financial advisor becoming sober over six years ago. Linda also realized that she had an extreme addiction to spending money and getting sober magnified this. She was helping people with their money yet needing to do a lot of work herself. Thankfully, money coaching came into her life and she did the work for uh, herself. Um, Sorry, I lost my spot (laughs) and knew that she needed to take to share this work with the recovery community. Today, Linda has taken all her experience and created a journey to help support women with their financial recovery and financial sobriety.
0: Yes, and I had the good fortune of going on Linda's podcast, which is called Your Money, Your Recovery, um, in February. And we talked about lots of things, my history with money, um, becoming a working artist, and uh, it was really a great episode. Um, There was no number on it when I looked the other day, but it was on February 11th, so you could search for Your Money, Your Recovery, if you want to hear that. You can also find Linda at her website, lindaparmar.com. Um, she's on Facebook as Linda Parmar Coaching. Um, she has an Instagram that's Linda Parmar Coach. She has workshops. She has Facebook groups. Um, she's just a wealth of information and pun totally intended. And she was lovely and gracious and so and so patient with me. And Sandra was too. So so I hope, patient.
2: I hope you enjoy this episode. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you so much, Tammy, I'm so excited to be here. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Sandra.
0: Where are you calling or where are we chatting with you? Like, where are you at?
2: I am on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, which is in Canada, a beautiful little island. Love it here.
1: I've always wanted to go there. Lovely, I don't think I, I think I, yeah, I think I knew, I guess I didn't, that didn't seal in my memory that you were Canadian. Lovely. Yes, I am. Oh, well, we met you at,
2: I met you at. I You'll think notice so. it probably when I start talking. Well,
0: um, well, we love all Canadians, so, and I just really wish I could go there, but we're not allowed to do that right now. <laughs> we're not allowed to travel.
1: <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're on, <laughs> we're in trouble right now. <laughs> we're in a timeout here. In the yeah. States, so we are on restrictions right now. Uh, someday though, right? Some <laughs> someday, day. someday a, it'll we, happen and we will be we, together again,
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, we we met at oh, She Recovers, goodness.
0: um, we met at She Recovers, uh, at a luncheon outside, I believe. I was at your table, um, I don't remember, Sandra. Were we yes, together? Yes. I can't remember that. Was that beautiful luncheon outside in the garden I area? Think
1: so, yeah, at She Recovers, I LA, I don't believe so. I, I was sitting with I was sitting with Aaron.
0: Oh, that's right, Shaw Street, Shaw Street,
1: I believe. And yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And Linda, mm-hmm. I think you you, you how much the, fun
2: was that?
0: Uh, wasn't it the best? It was just such a beautiful day.
2: And oh, it was whole, so fun. whole weekend,
0: whole weekend was. Great. It was so fun. You um, uh, did you sponsor that luncheon, Linda? Or oh, I remember seeing like information from you at that luncheon about your business. Is that right?
2: Oh. No. Well, there was like a money, like so Ella Vest was one of the um, I guess the sponsors of Shoe Recovers LA. So they did they had like a little money like takeaway thing. So that was Ella Vest that had um sponsored that lunch. My I'm goodness. Totally I wish I at one point right, I was gonna, I was to gonna, the gonna point say. where I could do that. I'm like, oh my god, you thought that was me? That's amazing. Um, <laughs> so I, Linda. <laughs> so, I know, right? so I did.
0: So I thought that was all you, Linda, just so you know so that's how that marketing works maybe they're not going to people pleased. automatically when
2: they think of money
0: <laughs> I think of Linda
2: that's what I do so okay
0: well clearly Amazing. I'm not to be trusted on this interview with my memory so let's just go there that I am paramenopause so let's just let's just leave that right there um but Linda normally we start off the show asking where people live asking about the weather what is the weather like up there
2: It's pitch black right now um, because we're recording this early in the morning and I have not stepped outside Um, but usually here on Vancouver Island this time of year there's a lot of rain it's pretty cloudy Um, it's like rainforesty here so I would say that yeah it's probably going to be a little bit of a gloomy day out there December is usually like that we don't get a ton of snow here um, which kind of bums me out at Christmas time but um, yeah it's probably going to be a little gloomy and dark today. Yeah, but it sounds cozy though. Yeah, that's what, exactly. <laughs> that's what I love about this time of year. I love the coziness.
1: Well, I have a one, just Gwen kind of question relevant to the present day. Is it, are you guys on COVID restrictions there? Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's kind of confusing to be honest, because we are, like our numbers, and when I say the numbers, they probably aren't anything in conjunction to what I hear is happening um, in the U.S. But like yesterday, we had about 550 cases, I think, um, but and about 16 people passed away. So here in Canada and BC, that's quite a bit for us. So we're not allowed to like go to other like people's houses. Um, but we're still allowed to go shopping and all that crazy stuff, which doesn't make any sense to me. I right. saw a meme that was like, "Oh, I can't come over for Christmas, but I'll meet you in Walmart on aisle thirteen <laughs> at three o'clock because it's <laughs> right. like we can right. go to the stores, but we can't go to people's houses." So that's kind of our restrictions right Got now. Got it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, bring on the vaccine, everybody.
2: Heck yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Um. So, so Linda- well, normally Linda, go ahead. I'm sorry, we're kind of talking over each other today. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Linda, why don't you tell us how you um, came to recovery? That's sort of where we segue to after we talk about the weather and COVID and
2: all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Always talking about COVID first. Right. Yeah. Recovery. I I got sober on March 17th, 2014 was when I got sober. Um, I started drinking when I was 16 and didn't really stop until that day. Um, it was one of those things that alcohol was always a part of my life. I grew up in an alcoholic home. Um, Both my parents are alcoholics. And, you know, they both got sober, thank goodness, like it's they have beautiful recovery stories themselves. So I was able to see them, you know, get sober and start to live a different life. And I always knew in the back of my head that I had a problem. But you know, especially when you're young. And that just I was in denial for so many years. And yeah, just I was just relying on alcohol to, you know, ease my anxiety, like to sleep, all of that stuff. I, w- I got to the point where I was, you know, drinking a bottle of wine a night, and if not more than that. And I just was so done with it. And I wrote myself a letter, uh, September 2013. And I remember feeling really just so upset with myself about where I was in my relationship with alcohol and I was just kind of over it and but I didn't quit drinking at that time because god forbid you quit drinking before Christmas we had a trip happening with my family to Cuba and then I had a I won a trip for where I was working and we were going to the Dominican so it was like well I can't quit drinking now I have all these trips planned which is Mm. absolutely ridiculous when I think back to that but that's where I was. And then, so after all that was said and done, um, I just knew I had had enough. My body was feeling it. My mind was feeling it. My family was feeling it. And yeah, I decided to enough was enough and chose a different life.
1: Hmm. What year was that again? Linda? 2014.
2: 2014.
1: Yeah. That's the year I got Mm -hmm. sober too. Mm -hmm. Did you, um, Ever seek out any support right away or did you kind of launch out on your own was there just a rock bottom feeling or how did you how did you do it
2: I think that my bottom came and hit me as they say Um, so I was really grateful that because I think that I had sobriety um, shown to me uh, when I was younger that I knew what that looked like so I went straight to my parents um, and my dad was so cute because he um, because both of my parents got sober in the rooms in AA. Um, so when and I'm sure they had been waiting for me to come to them and say like, you know, I, I have a problem with alcohol because, like, as soon as I came and sat down on the couch and said it out loud, my dad went and grabbed all of his AA literature that he could find, mm. and he's like, "Here, <laughs> <I'm> like, okay." <laughs> um, so I was really grateful to find um, a women's meeting um, through AA that, you know, I hated going to for the first couple months, because it was a lot of older women and that sort of thing. But they grew to be, I just learned so much, so much wisdom in that room. Um, You know, the rooms isn't something that resonates a ton with me right now. Um, You know, in the last couple years, I had a couple bad experiences, but the steps and, what that what that means? I know it got me sober. I know, and I I work the steps every day. Um, but do I attend meetings right now? No. There, uh, my my toolbox has just gotten so much bigger in regards to what I use for my sobriety. But I did get sober in the rooms. Mm, love
0: that. I love knowing that that. It, and, yeah. That, um, yeah. I'm sorry, so I'm so sorry. I think I'm off off today, you guys. I apologize to the listeners and to Linda. (laughs) Is this perimenopause? Is it it perimenopause, Sandra? Is this
1: what's happening to me? Like you said, my brain. Uh, yeah, perimenopause is weird. It's like childbirth. You you um you forget how painful it what actually was once you're. Passed it. Um, yeah. Okay.
0: So, right. but Sorry. yes,
2: it was it was horrible. We're just gonna... no. It's okay.
0: Apologies in advance. I'm going through
2: perimenopause too. Okay. Yeah. So this should it's, be a fun perimenopause episode. Perimenopause is a real deal.
0: <laughs> All right. We, we're just being super <laughs> this episode, Linda. I like what you said um, that, that, you know, that that's how you got, you got, got sober in the rooms and then um, that you have a full toolbox and there's all these other things that we can use, which I think that's what the program did for me was to realize like I can use outside sources and I can supplement, you know, with therapy and um, all of these other practices that we get to use. And then you get to have this really big, full, beautiful life um, in recovery and make your own fun.
1: You know, make your own way. Mm-hmm. Heck mm-hmm. yeah! And Linda, I feel like you are a maybe a kind of a leader in the She Recovers um, group. Are you? Are you a She Recovers coach or anything? Yeah. Do yes, you take on yeah. any kind of leadership role there?
2: I wouldn't say I take on a leadership role. I've been. I'm so grateful for my relationship that I have with Dawn and Taryn and they really, um, I think Dawn really took me under my, her wing and, um, my, my story in regards to the coach I am today started with a conversation with Dawn. And I think that's just something that really organically happened and yeah, I've just, they've kept me really close, um, to what they do and I'm just so grateful for it. And my part, I'm a, she recovers coach. So I've done all my I, I'm training with She Recovers and everything. So that's where my recovery coaching designation and stuff came from. So I love everything they do. I'm just so grateful for what they're doing.
1: Mm, yes, no kidding, right? Mm-hmm. Their their reach is just vast and so important. Yes.
0: So, Linda, what led you to, um, to be? Become- well, we go ahead. Again? I'm so sorry. Um, I just was mm-hmm. curious her no, story your okay. story are we on a delay, maybe Sandra, because it feels like I don't know. I don't
1: know I about. don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe there's a delay today. You just go ahead, Sandra, will you
0: please take the lead on this one because i'm I feel like something's off with me. Sorry, Linda, I'm gonna chime in, but I'm gonna let Sandra take the lead. <laughs> no, I feel
1: Sounds like you had a, I feel like you had another question about recovery before we segued into money because that's what we um want to hit hard and um, during our time together well it was just did about you, ha- um tammy have an
0: yeah it was just i was curious like how money came up for her how how she became uh um, to do this work that she's doing um and um you know did money come up for you once you got sober linda did that become uh, an issue
2: absolutely yes so oh. Yes, it did. (laughs) It came tumbling down at me. So I worked as a financial advisor in the banking industry here in Canada um, for 20 years. So it's what I know. It's, you know, it was just something that um, I went and applied to do like front desk work at the bank. And next thing I knew, I was a teller. And the next thing I knew, I was a manager. And it was just like banking is my background. But it sucked the living soul out of me. The corporate world just was killing me. It was killing my spirit. It was killing me physically with the stress, all that good stuff. So, Yeah, I just I was at a She Recovers retreat um, here on Salt Spring Island here, just um, about 20 minute ferry ride um, from where I live. And it was my, I think it was my second retreat with them. And I went and, you know, again, retreats when you when women in recovery gather, like we're not talking about, you know, really small things, we're talking about really heavy things. And I was really going through a time of like, my God, I hate my job. Like I had, I had, I had experienced complete burnout. Um, My husband had asked me if I was married to the bank, or if I was married to him, like it was just this huge, huge moment. And Dawn was like, well, we're starting she recovers coaching, you should take money coaching, and then you'll be the she recovers money coach. And I was like, yeah, that's all well and fine. But um, I'm kind of a financial nightmare. Like I was using the bank to, you know, constantly refinance my home. Um, you know, in general, like bankers themselves sometimes aren't the best with money, we know how to use the system to get the most out of, you know, what's happening. So I I say that I had a codependent relationship with the bank, they were enabling me in my addiction to spending money. Um, and so that was about two years into my recovery. So I had always been you know, addicted to spending money. But when I got sober, um, it like, you know, the addiction transference that happens, it was all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, like, this is out of control. Like I was I was numbing out by shopping. There's no question about it. I, you know, I have a story where I completely blacked out in a store. And next thing I knew, I walked out with like $800 worth of stuff. And i had had a really, really bad day at work. There was stressful stuff happening in my personal life. And I just went balls to the wall shopping. And it just, yeah. So when she, when she mentioned money coaching, because obviously that's my background, and I knew that money was an issue for me, um, she had said to me, sometimes you need to teach what you need to learn. Mm, and I was going to say what a sage oh, Dawn is, yeah, right?
1: She? she could oh. see that that is something that you could um, take on. And uh, yeah, that's that's brilliant. And it, did it you step brilliant. up to the challenge right away?
2: Or were you apprehensive? I was not apprehensive. It was like, you know, those ah, moments mm-hmm. where it's like, <laughs> holy cow, like if thunder and lightning could have hit, like all of a sudden, and then you know, she went away and was doing something and the girl that there's this place on Salt Spring um, Island where the retreat was, it's a big barn, and there's a loft kind of up in the barn. And that's where I live every retreat, you can find me on a couch sprawled out. And um, yeah, one of the girls was like, I think something really big just happened. I was like, "You think?" like I just had a moment. So I actually then started to look up like how what money coaching was all that sort of stuff. And I knew I needed to do the work before I started helping others. Like I kicked butt at my job as a financial advisor. I was like, I was amazing at my job, but you know, I have, I had money issues. So I actually got money coaching myself and went through that process and then um, did the training through the Institute of the money coach that I had hired myself. Oh, that is such good. That is
1: so good. That is so good. You know, I wrote. I wrote a recently released a money series just kind of tracking my own money story through my newsletter. It was a four part series. And, you know, I opened it by saying sobriety does not fix your money problems. It just, it doesn't, I wish I wanted it to, I thought maybe it would, I'm a good magical thinker. I'm like a pro. And I really (laughs) thought that it would um, (laughs) fix my, my money problems, but it it didn't. Um, but it does make it make it very hard to ignore them.
2: Yes, it does. And a lot and it's and I loved that your pieces that you wrote um, about money were just so beautiful in the words that you wrote and so in alignment with how I think and um, yeah, it doesn't fix your problems, sobriety, sometimes it makes it worse. And that's what a lot of I experience with women in the recovery community is, again, it's that addiction transference. like, Oh, I can't do I can't have alcohol, but I'm gonna, but because I'm not spending the money on alcohol, I'm just going to go crazy at with doing spending money. And then that becomes because you get that dopamine hit, you get all of that stuff. And then let's talk about like, when you like how you wrote, about, you know, your first memory of money and then starting to unpack all of that. Oh my God. It just, it's such a, it's such a journey. Money is a journey. And when you get into recovery, it just, it's a, it's a layer of the onion that we start to unfold.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say that it's just another layer and it's a hard one to unpack for sure, because it is so uh, nuanced because it does start. Your, you how you're how you are informed is start so young
2: yes yeah i say it like we're recording devices as children that don't know how to press stop and then so our parents weren't taught about uh, money their parents weren't taught about money and if you were in a household that taught you about money like amazing because i honestly don't hear a lot of people say they've been taught about money and, and more even that it's that energy of money that you're picking up as a kid, right? Like in my home money was, um, I experienced some trauma with money. So when it comes to that, like, you know, unpacking all of that stuff, and let's get into like the intergenerational trauma that happens to, you know, the lineage before your parents and what they, you know, consume in their lives and it's just, again, it's, it's a real journey. And I loved how you talked about in what you wrote about, like how, you know, the scarcity that happens as children, you, you have this feeling of deprivation throughout until you start to heal that wound. Right.
1: Right. Right. Cause that is exactly what informed my, my spending patterns was, you know, uh, you know, deprivation 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 and then you know at some point I felt always felt like I needed to you know if I got us a sum of money then it was like okay well this is the this is the 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 reward for all of that deprivation is you know to to be impulsive and spend it you know and that just continued over and over again but you know the work for me was to just I like to see how things connect. It's something that I just uh, naturally do. I did it when I got sober. I wanted to see my drinking patterns and I wanted to get down to, to why. And, um, I did the same thing with my, you know, financial recovery too. It was like, I had to zoom out and see the patterns. And once I did, it was like, it illuminated all over the place. Mm
2: -hmm. Beautiful. And that's exactly why I love working with women in recovery. Because we've had this journey where we have chosen something different. And then what did it take to, you know, what steps did you take to get yourself sober, right? Like what, what can you do with your money? And that's a lot of times what I really tap into, like what worked for you with that, because you can make that work with so many other things, right? Like there's so many things that are going to come up in your layer of what you're going to peel back in your recovery and what worked for you to get sober. Like, let's try to figure out how you can do that with your money too.
1: Absolutely. It's like you can model, you can model all the different, you know, anything you need to recover from. You can you can model it from your from your recovery from alcohol. If you know if you were successful there, then that's you know you've proven to yourself that you could do that. Exactly. But do do you guys think that
0: there's a level of worthiness that has to come into play, like that we're worth? Like when we talk about it on the show, Sandra, about our creative endeavors and being a working artist and you know charging for what we do, right, Linda? Charging for what you do as a money coach. I don't know. It seems like there's this. Mm-hmm kind of quiet evolution that's happening in my recovery to where I feel like, um, I, we do so many things that are free or I do so many things that are free. Um, I know Sandra does too. And, and to start, start charging for, um, your services and start to get students or clients or whatever that is. It's like this, I think, I feel like I'm worth it now, but I have to say at the beginning of my recovery, I did not, it felt like I was, um, I couldn't possibly charge anything and I can't support myself if I don't charge for my work. So does worthiness come into play, Linda, with your clients?
2: Worthiness constantly comes into play and you know that word deprivation um which i use i use that scarcity and deprivation is a word that i use a lot with my clients and just within my work in general because that deprivation then starts to really affect your self-worth right Um, you know when i when i think of and again sandra back to your writing in regards to looking back as a kid You know, there's as a kid, um, a lot of people experience things like we can't do that. We can't afford that. You can't have that. Um, And a lot of a lot of real negative connotations. And then, you know, growing, you know, thinking that you don't deserve that thinking, you know, really that worthiness and even feeling like as a human, you know, just like with the feeling like to get paid with your work, it's hard to then wrap your head around, well, how am I worthy enough for people to pay for what I do? Like it's, it's just this constant um, battle that we fight, especially as women. And just, it's just a, the worthiness is a huge, huge piece of it. And a big part of my work is really connecting with your heart and really starting to believe in yourself. And it's such a huge part piece of it. Mm-hmm. And
1: it's so It is so complicated, I think, because it's just so nuanced because, and I think the antidote to a lot of it is just more and more transparency from other people. And, And here's what I mean by that. You know, there is a, I think worthiness, like essential worthiness is an issue, especially for women, but there's also the piece of, you know, have you done the work? have you put in the time into this thing you want to assign to yourself and call yourself an expert in? Have you, have you done the work? Have you certified yourself or have you spent hour? you know, have you gotten in your 10,000 hours or, or whatever? Um, and, and so I think that there's um, that's a piece of it right there are too, because especially now in the, you know, the digital frontier, um, you know, you can call yourself whatever you want. Right.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. And
1: <laughs> so <laughs> there's some people that feel real worthy, um, <laughs> you know, based on what they charge for what they say they are. And, and that's, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that, but I think what I'm saying is that the more people are transparent, like, um, you know, uh, You know, I used to charge this because I, uh, you know, I was a beginner at offering the service and now I charge this. It's double that because I've put in another five years into this, into this work. And therefore I'm, you know, it's more valuable.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just believing that is the biggest piece. Right. right. And, and that's, yes. and I
1: was going to say, that's the other piece of it, I think is then believing in yourself that you, then that's when the worthiness comes back in, believing that you, that you deserve to make that, you know, for instance, if I was, um, you know, uh, looking at, at, um, someone else who, you know, who like really told their story, then I would say, okay, and was transparent, then I would say, okay, that makes sense. Now I don't feel like I'm undercharging or I'm overcharging because that person, I feel like we're on the same trajectory, we've put in the same amount of work here. And so that makes sense to me, you know, as far as like, you know, charging what you're worth, quote unquote.
2: Yes. Does yes, that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, it is a stumbling block that is, it happens all the time. And I'm going to be honest that that's a stumbling block that I have at times, right? Because I, I came from a corporate world and, you know, my business coach is often like, well, why, like, why aren't you increasing your rates? Like all this sort of stuff. And yeah, I get the money block with that sometimes too. And it comes from a place of, yeah, not feeling like enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so even you,
2: though I have the experience there's still money blocks for me that come up sometimes
0: yeah when you guys are talking about like your childhoods and going back and kind of like these seeds that are planted right that we get to we're seeing our parents model these things for us is typically is that typically how it goes Linda like that our parents are modeling kind of how they deal with money and then we kind of um, absorb that
2: I think uh, I would say most of the time, yes, there's definitely times when it's not, but I would say that 90% of my clients, they mirror one parent or the other when it Mm. comes to money or like one significant person in their lives. Um, I mirrored my mom at like exactly to a T what my mom did with money. Um, It was almost like my mom gave me permission to spend the way I did or cause she was a spender, my dad was a saver. So when you get, when you're in a home where, and this happens a lot, where you have parents that are total opposites and then there's the friction. And that's where I was talking about that energy that happens where it's just like, sometimes the parents aren't talking about it, but you know, like money is a stress. And you know, my parents talked about it. They um, thought about it a lot. And so it was very apparent, the energy of money in my home. But yes, usually, you know, you people do mirror one or the other um, and really start to absorb that.
1: Right, right. It seems like it's either you either model what one of your parents did or you're just so you somehow become very aware as a young person and you're so horrified by how they've done, how they've handled it. Then you go completely
2: the opposite way. That's exactly right. Yes. I see that all the time. It's kind of like, I am not going to be, you know, we're never going to be our parents. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. You guys are right. Well, Linda, in your, go ahead.
0: No, I was just saying, you guys are just conjuring up lots of memories. Mm -hmm. You're just conjuring up lots of memories, just money memories. And it's interesting to think about, um, yeah, just to think about what was modeled. And, and I would say as a young girl, for me, I think that, um, Uh, a little bit of both. I was trying to figure out what was safe with money. You know what I mean? Like seeing my dad, um, you know, I think I shared this with you, Linda, when I was on your podcast, but he would come home, Sandra, and he would give us, give me the, he would give the child, whoever greeted him at the door, the change from his pockets. And he worked in LA. So he always had lots Mm. of change in his pockets from parking and lunch and whatnot. He didn't like change. So if you would hurry up and greet him at the door, you were like the favorite child, basically, that you loved him and he was going to give you, you know, the money out of his pocket. So we all ran to him, right?
1: right? So, so, no, that, so money was a transaction for love. For sure. For sure. And, and, and I remember
0: um, I must have been six or seven. Um, I used to get a dollar a week. And I remember the very first time he changed that up for five ones into a $5 bill I kept it in this little brown wallet in my top dresser drawer, my yellow dresser drawer, and I remember changing it from a five, you know, and then the one four ones up to a ten, and I was little, you know, I was young to be and thinking like, and my dad was the saver. So when you just said that, Linda, the saver, and my mom was the spender, and my mom got in trouble all the time from my dad yelled at, you know, credit cards cut up in front of us, you know, like, so that story, like you guys are just, these are, I'm having like little flashbacks as you guys were talking, just thinking like there's a a little bit of both. And that saver spender is definitely, um, definitely. And I I like to control all the money in my household. Like I control everything because I saw that cutting up of the credit cards, um, you know, when I was in middle school and my dad telling my mom, she can't call her family. Cause the phone bill was too high when phone bills, you know, when long distance was really expensive to call on the phone and, and wanting to have control and learning just a couple of weeks ago that I'm an Enneagram one. Right. And that I like control, like you guys are just like, all these things are firing. <laughs> all these things are firing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, um, it's helpful work to recreate your money story. Do you- is that something that you do with your clients, Linda?
2: Absolutely. It's actually the first thing I get them to do. Right. Um, because, and so, and whenever I, when people get in touch with me, I know that they're ready because money brings such, there's such shame and there's just, so many negative feelings, um, judgment against yourself with money. So when when someone's finally willing to talk to me about it, um, I know that they've reached a point where they really know what's work that they need to do. So and again, my work is very heart centered. So um, talking about your exactly that starting with your money story and starting to really understand and giving you a baseline of what you know, that looks like is huge.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, okay. and we really get deep into it. It's, it's my favorite part of what I do is watching people go like, oh my God, because we beat ourselves up about things with money. And it's just like, this is a behavior that's in lots, a lot of times these behaviors and patterns are ingrained within you from when you're a child, just like everything. Right. And got to love childhood stuff.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And I think that the um, byproduct of doing that is like twofold. You're right. One, one, you get to just see, you get to see the patterns, you get to see why you do the things you do. And then you get to have compassion for yourself because it's like, no wonder, (laughs) no wonder you've been doing this your whole life.
2: It brings a sense of peace almost. Like when you started doing your Sandra. did you find that that just answered so many questions for you?
1: It really did. Absolutely. It was like, okay, well, you know, this is why I've, I've repeated the same exact thing over and over again. This is exactly why it's because it was modeled for me and it, um, and so I did it, uh, you know, unconsciously almost. And it just, it just provided a lot of compassion. I just, you know, it gave, it allowed me to have a lot of compassion for myself, but then it also kind of opened the door to, you know, it's like, oh, I can change this. (laughs) I don't have to keep doing this over and over, just like with alcohol. It's like, I don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I can do something different.
2: Exactly. Oh, that's so powerful. I love that you have tapped into that and yes, you can change your story like, just like you changed your story with alcohol. I love that. That's the steps that you've taken is beautiful.
1: Mm. Well, and then Linda, my other question was, so it's like, there's the money thing. It's like, there's two, and it's just like with drinking too. There's two sides of it, right? There's, there's mindset, But then there's also, but you can't just be up on a mountain, you know, manifesting money, you know, and expecting your bank account to change. (laughs) (laughs) You can't just like chant and 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 you know and you can't say positive affirmations (laughs) to yourself all the time. No, (laughs) your abundance thinking isn't going to change your bank account, you know, Hmm. and that's the kind of horse crap I see a lot of. You know, like on the Internet, it's like, no, that actually doesn't change your bank account, because if it did, everyone would be rich. Right. So, you know, there's also the other piece of it, which is inspired action. And, um, so is that something that you also, when you work with your clients, Linda, do you like, okay, now we got to get into the really nitty gritty stuff. That's not fun
2: at all. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's the hard part with money because, and I'll often get from people when we, when I do a discovery call or something with them, they're like, am I going to have to make a budget? And I'm like, yep. Yeah, that's for sure what you're gonna have to do (laughs) and people are so scared of that and I get it like I get looking at the numbers and that causes an extreme amount of anxiety for some people like even logging into their online banking is a huge money block and I honor that piece because there is just so many things happening in that in that circumstance right so yes I do the the real like the work on the feelings but then there's a point um, that you have to start getting into the numbers right and start really you know my biggest thing and it's the hardest thing that people um, I ask of them as a client is to track their spending, you know, really keep tabs on where you're at with money. So I don't call it a budget. I call it a spending plan because budget feels super restrictive to me. Like a budget is what used to not work for me. I would make a budget and then it'd be like, Oh, screw that. I call it a spending plan because it's about choice. You get to choose what you're going to spend your money on. It's not like, Oh God, I got to pay the mortgage payment. Like I just, I turn, I, the mindset piece comes into play a little bit there. But really, like you have your spending plan, it's your map of how you're going to spend your money. But tracking is really showing you where you're where you are on the map, like, how much have you spent this week on groceries? How much have you spent this week on eating out, you know, it starts to really throw into the process, the patterns and behaviors. And then people are just like, it was really hard for me not to spend money. Like, okay, let's tap into that. What's going on there. Right. But yes, there's that piece of it that we have to, you know, understand what's happening and then, you know, change it from there. So being yes, really intentional with how we're going to change our relationship with money. But having that, you know, financial piece of it. And yes, getting nitty-gritty into the numbers is essential with that piece. You have to, because yes, yelling off a mountain, I want to be rich is gonna do nothing for you.
1: Absolutely not. I know. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have so (laughs) I'm kidding? I'm kidding. I'm not
0: doing that. Mm -hmm. I I do wallet things. I do things with my wallet, but go ahead. We can talk about that later.
1: Well, I was Ooh. just going to ask, since we're talking about tracking, it, do you have like a favorite system or a favorite app or, or uh, software or anything that you just love?
2: Yes, um, I, I, I am certified in a program um, it, the, and we're just in the midst of changing it over, but it was called Money Minder, um, but it, it was very outdated. So now um, it's the new programs called Money Grit. It is going to be um, going to be ready as of I think the end mid December, so maybe next week the week after. Um, but um, it's done through the Financial Recovery Institute, which one of my designations is through as, as a financial recovery counselor. And the Money Grit is just such a beautiful program, just really um, helping you walk through it. But another one that I love is um, YNAB, um, which stands for You Need a Budget. So YNAB, um, that's also a good one. Um, YNAB, and it's the biggest hurdle I find that people have is actually getting that part. It's a bit to get it all set up. So that's where it's nice within my practice that I help support my clients through that. Um, But those are my two top ones that I quite love. And Money Grit's now going to be an app as well, where the old one wasn't. So yeah, those are my faves
1: nice and then money grit is that something that you'll have like a button on your website or
2: yes yeah once she gets it all up and okay got it got it yeah
1: I love that yeah I've never used YNAB and I've heard that it's that to get it set up takes a little time but once you get it all plugged in then it works then it's pretty
2: works pretty well and that's the thing too, is those money blocks come up when you're starting to set something like that up, right? It's like, Oh my God. And I call it the, are we allowed to swear on here? Yeah. Yeah. I call it the fuck it button. Like we can easily press the fuck it button when we're trying oh, to set I'd up be one like, app or I'd something. Be,
1: I would be <laughs> slamming that, that fuck it button. Oh, cause Maybe I'm, I'm that way. I'm like, the wall. <laughs> this looks like a big no for me. <laughs>
2: You, you would, yes, that's where I come in.
0: <laughs> yes, that's why we yeah people hire you. Yeah, I would even as organized as I think I am, and as much as I like to control the money, and I do the QuickBooks and the reports, and I deal with the CPA. Like I do all of that stuff. You just even the word budget, like you said, I've never been on a budget. And, um, I mean, in my mind I have, but not like a formal budget. And I remember even talking to a friend, Caitlin at she recovers in LA, she was going on and on about this lovely budget app that she had and how much it helps her and what she, she just really is into it. And she sent it to me a few times and I couldn't even open it. I was like, Nope, not for me. (laughs) Nope. I can't look at that. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I, I think when I talked to you earlier this year, Linda, um, I had just got my first checking account by myself for the first time in over 22 ish years. And, um, that felt like a big, a big move to have my own account and my own money and where my income is going to, so that I can track that. Um, that felt very liberating, um, to do that. And I use the quit that app and the quit that app, you get to put in how much, you know, you used to spend drinking. And I mean, as of today, I, I had like an average $20 a day habit and it was, um, you know, I've saved uh, theoretically, I I've saved $42,000 since I got sober and that's fucking amazing, <laughs> you know? And so do you recommend that yes. to, clients, like, to, to track that, to track like how much they spent drinking or, you know, or anything Absolutely. or any other yes. habits that they have? Cause that, that was amazing when I look yes. at that. I'm and like
2: almost one of the, that's one of the moments, yeah, it's one of those moments where people all of a sudden, then like, because their habit is no longer there. And then it's like, Oh, but I should be having this money. But what am I doing? Otherwise, that's not like, why don't I have that money? Like what? So that's sometimes where that transference can come in. It's kind of like, well, where where did that money go? Like, why don't I have that? So it's just it's such awareness and checking in. And I think, and that's kind of like that tracking piece, right? It's that check-in, where are you, what's going on? And just like the Quit It app, it's, um, it's one of those things that it does the same thing, just really that connection piece.
1: Right. Because I think, you know, no matter what you use, what kind of tracking system you use or, or whatever you use, it's just staying engaged with it, right? Yes.
2: yes. Exactly. And that's where I bring in like a lot of non negotiables, because I believe as a woman in recovery, and which is part of my toolbox is that I have a lot of non negotiables, right? So when it comes to that, like I kind of have built in like my tracking is a non negotiable for my financial recovery, like that's something I have to do to be successful. That's me, like everybody's different. Um, But it's one of those things that I make sure you know, it's, it's part of my daily practice, I go in log stuff, where am I today? Okay, let's move on. Me and my husband have a meeting every week to you know, see where we're at on our map within our spending, right? Like, what can we, where are we, what's going on? What are we doing this week? What do we need to spend? Like, it's just that constant check-in because that unconscious word that you used um, kind of before Sonia is so true. Like we just unconsciously don't go through it. So we don't look at it. And then next thing we know, we're like, holy shit. Like, where did that, where did my money go? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Where did my money go?
1: Mm -hmm. And it's just like, It's just like recovery from alcohol or drugs. You have to stay engaged. You know, the the minute you get complacent, I mean, you may not go out and just drink, but you, you know, close to a drink, as they say sometimes. And so you just have to stay, you have to stay diligent with it.
0: you do so i mentioned earlier about my wallet i want to ask you a question linda um i heard somewhere many moons ago yeah, i want a, to hear
2: about the wallet
0: yeah on a podcast i mean i don't even know when i heard it or where i heard it um and i think this is also just my personality type that i i didn't just start doing this i think i've done this most of my life but um something that i did when i it was before i got sober about a year before i got paid for a my first writing um gig, you know, in a magazine, I got paid and I took that money and I wanted to do something symbolic with it. I wanted to, um, remember that I got paid for my creative work. Um, and so I bought a beautiful wallet and, um, that I have, it's a hobo wallet and it has beautiful lining on the inside and it's really pretty and it's leather. And, um, I keep my wallet really tidy. I keep my money in there and organized by the bills and twenties in the back and tens. And then the ones are in the front and I have them, you know, all my receipts are on one side, my credit cards are organized. So I do that and I honor money in that way. And that, that, that's how I, I have my wallet. And that might sound like standing on the mountaintop, but I just feel like it gives me some type of beautiful control and that I honor it. Um, is that, is that, is that who is that?
2: I don't think so. I think that it's something that like, do you feel like it works for you?
0: Mm, Yeah. I like the symbolism of it. I like, um, I like that when I do, like I've made money on selling this course recently and I was like, um, but part of me, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I think is part of it's a justification too, for me to spend, um, you know, but how how much like, can I treat myself? Like I I sold um, a bunch of paintings and then I bought a painting from a friend. Um, because I wanted to remember and have it be right. symbolic. Um, I don't think I'm too crazy with that kind of thing, but I does, um, it, it makes me, I don't know. It's like a treat yourself though. And is that where do, where do we draw the line with like treating yourself?
2: exactly and that's i love that word the that you use the word justification because we can uh, uh, that's something i experienced in my money story was i could justify anything sure. with money right <laughs> so uh, exactly i i could have myself convinced in like two seconds, just like I could with drinking. So yes, you do want to make sure that you're kind of keeping an eye on how far that justification goes. Right. Um, Because, you know, you are working and I know that that piece for you of that worthiness of, of making sure that, you know, you feel worthy enough to make your own money, but then, you know, I guess maybe even questioning why you feel like then you have to then purchase something to, make yourself feel worthy. Does that make sense?
0: Mm -hmm. Now that we're
2: saying it. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because right. There are other ways to reward yourself, right. Without buying something, I Mm -hmm. would would assume is what you would say to that. And also I can see how, you, you know, then your, your, um, your, um, prop, you know, your proposal of keeping a budget. If you, budget a certain amount of money for treats and rewards every month, you know, and that's the, you try to keep within that parameter, then you know, that you can treat yourself whenever, as long as you, you know, only spend a certain amount or something like that, just giving a.
2: Exactly. And I'm not the, I am not a money coach. That's going to tell you, don't buy that stuff. Like if you have it, that you have the money to do that and it's something that resonates with you because that's where you don't want to have that feeling of that deprivation, right? Because if you if that's something that you feel like you want to do and you have the money for it, like you do you right because then if you don't do it and you feel like you're holding yourself back and not really understanding why you're holding yourself back um, and it almost starts to feel like a bit of a punishment but, but there's that fine line right of being like well this is what I want. And I want, and I'm just going to get it because yes, I have the money. So it's one of those things. There's that balance, but I am not going to be the one to tell you don't get that because I believe in this life. We have to enjoy some things too, right? Like I'm not going to be the, Oh my goodness. I just, people have such like, it's either it, it's, it's got to find that balance just like our recovery right like we mm-hmm. go from one extreme to the other as addicts I, I i call myself an addict if that resonates but you know we can go from one extreme to the other really really quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> zero to 60
1: right right and then it becomes this sort of binge binge and mm-hmm. you know starve and binge and starve and binge scenario I just, I just had a little epiphany. Know, the whole money
2: and food thing—that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yes. What was that, Tammy?
0: Um, I just had a little epiphany. I was thinking about when Natha Campanella was um, on our podcast. She gave us our natal chart readings, and um, I think you shared about what, what what that was like for you, Sandra, in your money um, um, series on your newsletters. But for Natha, for me, I remember her saying, um, Virgo likes to assign meaning to everything. So um, that just clicked for me thinking like I, I assign meaning by having this object has a meaning, right? This wallet has a meaning. I'll never forget that I got published my first essay, um, you know, in Mama Load magazine. And it was about a story about my childhood. And um, so that wallet symbolizes something, Um for me it has meaning and same with the painting that i bought from a fellow unruffled like it has meaning to me the title of it and that it's that she's a sober woman um a creative artist it has meaning for me too um anyhow i have a lot to unpack here have a lot to unpack you two are um, my teachers right now <laughs>
2: love it i love that epiphany you had that's beautiful yeah
1: well and i love how you know I mean, I just love how these things, like we get invited to like, look at these things and, and you know, you, you, you put in the work and sometimes it feels just like a drag and sometimes it feels like there's just no reward for doing it. But then you look back and you're like, oh my God, this is something I never thought I would not do. And now I'm doing it. And, you know, sometimes that is just the reward in and of itself is to like, have some gratitude, look back and see how far you've come and, you know, just give yourself a high five.
2: Big high five. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. I'll yeah, do it. I mean, it's, it's, um Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just been my experience, you know, and that's how, that's why I compare it so much with quitting alcohol. It's like, oh, I never thought I could not drink. And now, and I don't, and, you know, and, and the same thing with my financial recovery, it's like, I never thought I would get a handle, any sort of a handle on it. And believe me, it's still, it's still work for me, but I never thought I would get a handle on it. And I, and I have, and so I think, I, I think it's real important to, to, you know, to, to celebrate, celebrate yourself when you've, um, you know, when, even if you just start looking at it, celebrate that too.
2: Absolutely. Celebration is a huge part of it. And that acknowledgement um, is huge because there's so much that we can get really dragged down with with money again those that real negative energy and feelings and all that that come along with it it is so important to celebrate the small things mm. and even just having that epiphany tammy is just something to celebrate and mm. that's I, yeah gotta celebrate give yourself high fives all the time yeah <laughs>
0: Well, there's, there's so much that's churning in my head this morning and maybe that's why I'm so disjointed. I also feel like there's a little bit of a delay with my internet. So I apologize for the kind of disjointedness, but I kind of feel that way too, to be quite honest with you, (laughs) Linda and Sandra, I feel um, about this topic and um, I didn't bring it up earlier. I know we're at the tail end, but it's something to think about. And I was, um, it it came to me here, like my mom shopped a ton growing up, right? like, she's a shopper she, and she still does. And she's, um, entering phases of dementia. So it's become a problem of trying to fix the QVC orders and the recurring charges on her credit card and dealing with helping her deal with that kind of stuff. And the thing that I noticed about my mother that just became clear to me, um, very recently is that, you know, she shopped and then she returned everything so that she could shop twice basically, right. To have that sensation Mm. that hit, and, um, I don't like to, wow. sh- and I don't like to go into malls. You know, we spent every Saturday at the mall growing up every single Saturday of my adolescence at the mall with my mom. And so, and we went and then we would go and return, you know, another day so that we could go shopping again, basically is kind of what it was like. And so those patterns, those things that are coming up and that I'm noticing, especially as I'm trying to help take care of my mom's um, finances um, right now, it's like just a lot of stuff coming up. So it's almost a day, like I, I feel paralyzed to even talk about it. And it clearly is coming out in the way that I'm having a hard time talking. So I just want to thank you for being patient today, Linda and Sandra, and, and I appreciate the conversation.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah yes, thank Absolutely. you. thank you. So apologizes <laughs> apologies too. i I did feel like we've been talking over each other either we're just really excited or we can just blame it on the internet. we both but, <laughs> sure. um, but yeah, I can blame l- it on money. I've loved this conversation, and you're right. It <laughs> is probably how most money conversations goes. you know, most money conversations go. It's like that. But, uh, uh, it just feels yeah. so mm-hmm. awkward and, and hard and, and, you know, you get pits in your stomach and, um you know, you, I don't know, like just even revisiting, you know, a, a lot of my behavior in writing that series, you know, I would just feel like I want to throw up in my mouth, you know, that it, it's that, and, you know, and I've, I've, I feel the same way when I revisit, you know, a lot of my drinking incidences as well. You know, I think that a good, healthy there's a good, healthy amount of of maybe not shame but guilt. I think is healthy, you know, to, because that just means that we have a conscience and we want to do better. And um, so true. So I, it, but it's still hard and it's um it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable.
2: And that's where I will recommend the, the yelling off a mountain situation, right? Like if you want to just go up there, like when people phone, talk to me about money, like it's almost like they, when I get them on the phone, like I can hear like this huge backpack of rocks that they have because it's so heavy and you can Mm. hear like that, you know, and I I actually was going to ask you, Tammy, like, are you feeling nervous about the money piece? Like, Because it's such a heavy subject. And once you know, you hear them talking and you can almost hear them start to take out those rocks, like it starts to feel a little bit lighter and it just, but it's heavy. So going and screaming in your car as loud as you can, going (laughs) up to those mountaintops and screaming and just letting that energy out and taking really good care of yourself while you explore that is so key. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Because it's hard. Yeah, it's hard no, work, it isn't is uncom- so worth
0: it. It is uncomfortable yeah. and um, and I have been saying a money mantra for the last three months and I do feel like it's working. So um, money comes frequently right. and often and um, I don't live in scarcity. So Beautiful. I do say that I am the mountaintop girl right now and um, I feel like it's been true and um, I'm doing the work behind it of course I'm not just hoping that I'm gonna will manifest it just by saying the words. I'm doing the work behind it like Sandra talked about. Um, and I'm trying to change that story. Yeah. I'm going to have, be on my own and take care of myself on my own, um, at the beginning of this year. So it feels, uh, yeah, a little scary.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, um, it's scary, but then you get to be empowered, you know, right. When you, when you actually face it and look at it. And take some yeah. agency over yeah. it, and I think that that's that's the, the the beautiful byproduct of the work.
0: Yeah, I said I wasn't going to cry in this episode, yeah, but you it's know,
2: ongoing Yeah, <laughs> there
0: we go. <laughs> Cammy has to cry on an episode. Do so I cry <laughs> on every episode? There you go. fuck's like, going
1: on? Um, I'm <laughs> I think tend- so. You're <laughs> keeping track at home. Let us know. But I think so. Uh, perimenopause.
2: Oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> yeah there we go <laughs> full
1: circle exactly
0: <laughs> oh linda thank you. we're gonna we're gonna dive into three tools that you're gonna give that i'm gonna jot down because i definitely need them and i'm sure our listeners do too but what kind of tools do you have in your um unruffled toolbox <laughs> to share with our listeners
2: Sure. Um, my first one that I use and doesn't have anything to do with money, but um, I was introduced to this um, probably about six months ago or so. Um, but um, my mornings uh, start with a sacred start is what I've called it. Um, and that's what um, I follow Sarah Jenks for this. Like I think she does beautiful work. And she's really inspired this thing called a sacred start. So really starting your morning, um, just with ritual, uh, with connecting with yourself, um, music, movement, all that sort of stuff. So, um, if you just Google sacred start, Sarah Jenks, it comes up, but it's been a huge part of my mornings, um, since the, pretty much since the pandemic has started. So that's one big thing that I use, um, I use a gratitude journal for money. I have it specifically for money because cultivating, like we laughed about kind of the going on the rooftop or the mountains and, you know, hoping that brings us money. But I truly believe being grateful for what you have with money starts to change that energy of money within yourself. I've been doing a money gratitude journal for about a year and a half, two years now. And it is one of the most beautiful things um that I do um because it just has me connecting and has me grateful for my money which is a huge thing for me mm-hmm. um, and my third thing in my toolkit that I have that I love is my start today journal um, Rachel Hollis has it um, it was introduced again at the beginning of the pandemic and it is a little bit woo woo but and the manifestation part But it is proven to be true because what the Start Today journal is, is that you write down 10 dreams that you made happen. So you write it down like like that you've already accomplished it. Um, And so actually, I wrote on it on September 22nd. Um, One of the dreams I had was to be on the Unruffled podcast.
1: (laughs) And here
2: I am. (laughs) Look at that. It works. It It works. so I know that it's woo woo crap, but like, there has been three things um, in the last month that I have been putting on actually four things now that I look at my last one, I wrote four things in the last month that I have just cultivated within that have just happened. Right. And I was mm-hmm. going to reach out to you guys and, you know, okay, this is something I really would love to do because I love your community. I love your podcast. And then here we are like. It, it yeah, I just love that. I love that because you're right, it's not
1: necessarily about you know magical manifesting or whatever, it's more <laughs> like uh, you and I do this practice too. It's like, um, I want what I have, what I have right now are things that I wanted, and I don't know, like I've been thinking a lot lately about this idea of abundance really is feeling like satiated. Um, So it's not some, you know, uh, more, consume more, have more, be more, be be, you know, constantly striving. It's just like feeling enough. Not that there's never, not that there's not room for improvement, but enough, just feeling enough being satisfied with enough.
2: So true. And that's what people search for with money. So yeah, it's so true. People are trying to buy their feelings um, when they're shopping sometimes with money. So yeah, that just rings so true for me.
1: Mm, I love that. There's a a woman that this has been wonderful. wonderful.
0: Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. Linda. Go ahead. No, I was saying I was, I'm studying with a woman, um, on Wednesday, she's coming here today and, and we are studying manifestation and, and she, there's a line that she says at the end of, of things that I am thinking or, or what I want to bring into my life. And she just said, the end is secure. And just saying that, like knowing, knowing the hard work that we're doing or, um, what's leading me to the work, you know, just know that the end is secure so that I don't feel, um, scarcity, I guess, you know, no, just know that it's going to be taken care of. You have to do action. It's not magic. Like we were saying, it actually takes a doing. Um, but yeah. a lot of it is just, a, you know, yeah. visualization, having intentions and matching those with your feelings. And then, um, like you said, you wrote that down in your book and I was like, Hey, how about Linda come on the podcast? I, I love that, that it all
1: synced up. The end is secure. I do yes, too. too. I do too. Yeah, Linda, how I can how can our listeners find out more about you, what you offer, work with you, all the things?
2: Absolutely. All of my um all of my information is at lindaparmar.com. Uh, last name is spelled P A R M A R, and um, I have a lot of my Instagram. I'm Linda Parmar Coach. And yeah, it has all my information there. I have a podcast myself, Your Money, Your Recovery. I have a lot of, I tell my story on there, have guests. Tammy was a guest on it. I'm so grateful for that. Um, Yeah, so all of my information is at lindaparmar.com.
1: Do you have any programs coming up or anything like that? or do you have ongoing things? Okay. Tell
2: us about that. I I have a new year reset happening um, because it's that time of year. I'm not a huge fan of like resolutions, that sort of thing. But I know for some people, especially like, let's, you know, get rid of that energy of 2020. Let's bring on 2021. Um, So I do have some workshops um, starting on January 4th that I'm going to be doing with that. Um, and a group coaching session. Uh, So that is going to be all that information. um, is going to be at lindaparmar.com slash new year. Great. uh,
1: Thanks,
0: Linda. This was awesome. Very exciting. Thanks for sharing your um, knowledge with all of our listeners. Thank You guys
2: so much. It's been an honor to be on. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Thanks so much, guys.
0: The Unruffled podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers, Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.